1: Welcome to cast and crank podcast. This episode's a little different. This is with my buddy Mark Schwenier. I, th- I hope I didn't fuck it up. Mark. I'm sorry. Uh, Mark is a buddy before fishing. He did a uh, he played in a band with me called lone wolf and uh, he also played in a big band called throwdown which was the intro of that song. I don't think he likes that song but I love it to one of my favorite songs ever uh, by throwdown. So I thought I'd put it in the intro fun times um thank you again for coming on mark you're gonna check out his you gotta check out his site he he showed it to me and he gave me a little precursor he's making a swim bait and uh he's making some gear that is amazing like clothing uh check it out it's a bass brains co and i love it because it's a playoff of bad brains so i that's i'm in all the way uh thanks again mark for coming on please everyone if you support this podcast check out mark's deal buy some shirts buy whatever you can from him. He's a buddy, uh, and yeah, man, he's been around for a long time, and he's he's one of my old friends. So I, uh, you guys get to hear a little more about me and hardcore and some stories. I'm sure you're going to be bored as fuck, but hey, I don't give a shit. Then don't listen. <laughs> um, this weekend was amazing, man. I gotta say thank you to Tim. I gotta say thank you to uh, Josh and Justin, Dylan, um, Grady. Um. Tim's wife, Victoria, I think I did it right, I'm sorry, if, if not, everyone was so cool, Arizona was awesome, we had a fun time, and then the last episode was with Robert, thank you Robert for coming on, and this hijacker came along, named Manichi Mangichis, and um, it was probably one of the craziest podcasts I've ever done. ever done, some- <laughs> so you guys will have a good one to listen to, but Tim was a great host, I really want to say thank you to him, he's a uh, really amazing dude and he opened up his arms to cast and crank podcast and i'm gonna say thank you over and over again man i hope we can do it again all these guys had amazing stories that we talked to i talked to and um it's cool to get a different uh aspect of a different location so arizona i mean from dylan being a 14 year old kid that's a hammer to uh, Josh and Justin to have some really good history to Grady that another hammer, you know, uh, and then Manny and Robert. I mean, he's a uh, Robert to transplant from Alameda or San Bernardino to um, Phoenix. I think that's real I'm not sure. And then Manny's been there forever, so it was it was a good little roundup of uh, some of the AZ guys. I want to do another run, kind of like I do at NorCal. So thank you again, all the Arizona guys. Um, here's a little piece about Manscape. I I want you guys to buy a nut trimmer as soon as possible. Tag Cast and Crank. I will repost you. You you buy one of these things, I'll repost you. I'm going to put a little quote from you about Manscaped. That'd be great. So please go buy one. Here's a little piece from them. Support for Cast and Crank is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code, listen to this, cast and crank at manscaped.com. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and incredibly comfortable grooming experience. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with the sizes one through four. You can keep that nut hair long if you want. If you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it wrong. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth. And uh, for guys like me, where I got a 17-year-old kid, I don't want to end up with my son's pubes in my mouth. So yeah, this is a great tool for my household. <laughs> so, if you guys want to support the podcast, please get one of these trimmers. And if you're a lady, get one for your man. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CAST and Crank at MANSCAPE.COM. That's 20% off free shipping at MANSCAPE.COM and use the code CAST and Crank. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the right job with MANSCAPE. Again, guys, go to uh, MANSCAPE to get some nice nuts, some clean nuts, and enter CAST and Crank. Everyone wants doesn't want nasty nuts. They want clean nuts like Moyer the Nut Destroyer. Um, also, please uh, check out Phoenix Rods. It's another person that supports us. Appreciate them. They have a mid-roll read, and uh, please check them out. they got some great rods. We're talking swim baits a little bit on this one. Check out the M1. Um, and check out the Patreon. I'm going to start posting all of the prizes this week. Uh, JSJ, UFO, FinBay Customs. Toxic, um, optimum, depths, black dog, um, damn, uh, swim bait city. Like, there's a ton of people, man. It's, it's. Uh, I'm so grateful for all these people that help support the podcast and give us five stars on iTunes if you can. If you never listen to the podcast, please give us five stars. Say something positive, or don't say something positive, and just give us five stars. You could say "fuck you, cast and crank." I'd be fine with that. But give us five stars on iTunes. I appreciate that. Also, um, check out our shirts, castandcrankpodcast.com. I think we still have some left in the all kinds of sizes. But please check it out. Support. And I think that's it. You guys are going to like this one. This is with my boy, um, Mark. And the outro is going to be the same thing as the intro. And there's going to be a little, uh, I don't know how they call it in comedy, like a, like a callback to a joke. But you can hear these lyrics and you can hear me tell it to Mark later on the in the podcast. It's pretty funny. He hates his song. So, love you, Mark.
0: Bye. Don't forget to record. Recor- I've done it before. You ever you hit record, you think you're recording, but you stopped it and then yep. you go to stop it and you're actually recording. I did recording. that at Ballast
1: Point. I was so fucked up, I stopped recording twice
0: two times we did it i'm
1: like fuck welcome to cast and crank i got a special one for you guys this is my buddy um this is a friend before fishing but we connected again through fishing mark and i fuck your name up every time your last name schwenier schwenier it's it's a
0: hard one yeah and even if you see it the way it's spelled there's no way you can get it right no way
1: um So Mark played in a band with me called Lone Wolf, uh, with Adam Riser. You guys heard Adam run before on here. They're both uh, Midwest guys, kayak guys. And Mark also played in a band called Throwdown that a lot of people have heard of. Um, Big hardcore band from the West Coast. So I guess we'll start with your love of fishing first when you're younger. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like how you got into fishing.
0: Yeah, I grew up on the East Coast. Mike, down a little. Just you got to try to keep it shooting it. Like that? it's good? Perfect. perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah, I grew up on the East Coast in a small town, kind of all over New England, but mainly uh, as I was a kid in Connecticut. So we had tons of lakes. um, And my friend, the reason I kind of got into fishing, my friend had a, his grandpa had a cabin in the Adirondack Mountains. I didn't know anything about fishing, but we would go up there every summer, fish for bullhead, which is like a catfish bass trout whatever you know that's kind of where it started so then I was just you know as a kid just like any kid just I liked fishing didn't know much about it didn't know what kind of fish I wanted to fish for I just liked fishing Um, as I got older I started bass fishing probably in my early 20s okay Um, was this in California this was in California started bass fishing
1: and where did you grow up Um, I mean where were you
0: fishing when I so first, yeah, it. yeah. So when I first moved to California, I was living in Orange County, and I was just fishing um, ponds, little tiny, like hidden, you know, places <laughs> wherever I could go. Bass fish, you know, because obviously I didn't have a boat. I didn't have the money to have a boat, you know. I barely, my gear was, you know,
1: makes a boogie head and fucking. oh, just
0: cheap, <laughs> just cheap, cheap uh, fishing stuff. So were you
1: fishing with Adam then or no?
0: Yeah. So the funny story is. You know, Adam and I, we used to play shows together and we ended up living together in Huntington Beach. We had this little tiny apartment, but well, we never talked about bass fishing. We just, we were kind of in touring mode. You know, we were just, that's what we were doing. And um, I was fishing this tiny little pond. Um, it's it's real hidden. It's in Huntington Beach. And I came home one day and I was like, oh, dude, check, check this bass out I caught adam was like where did you f- where you know so then adam I, adam and i started fishing and we actually bought a bass boat this is 20 years ago
1: i think i remember because bo told me you guys had a little like
0: well we boat. we had a boat but we never got it running yeah so it just sat in our you know it had a motor something wrong with the motor and we could never get it you know running so adam and i basically we started fishing together i think around the same time from what i've heard Nick Townsend was fishing with Adam. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Adam had a couple secret spots. He was taking me and we were getting chased out by the cops. And,
1: and this is crazy because this time as a a timeline, Adam was inviting me to go. He's like, yo, we got to go fish. Wear black, take a rod. You don't give a fuck about,
0: (laughs) I was like, all right. Yeah. Cause you got, you know, I mean, one time he took me to this place and he's like, oh, it's cool. We'll be fine. you know, It's getting dark. The cops are waiting outside the gate, waiting for us. We're hiding. There's coyotes running around, giant spiders. You know, I was just like, but it was fun. It was just, that's that's what we did. We caught fish (laughs) and that's what we did. And that was kind of where the obsession started. And then it just escalated from there. But Adam and I lost contact. So one day I just get a call from Adam and he's like, hey, I'm moving back to Alabama. I had to sell the boat. You know I'm like I at the time I had a decent job so I was kind of like I didn't care about my we got it for so cheap I was just like cool if it helps you get back to Alabama I was all for it we didn't talk for eight years really and then one day I just saw on Instagram he's just doing tournaments and catching fish and I hit him up and we just kind of our friendship just instantly was like back on track and we you know that's kind of where it really started to pick up. So,
1: what, uh, so back to the music part where you guys kind of met, you were playing in Throwdown then or were you playing in another band?
0: No, I think I was playing in a, a couple smaller hardcore bands from the East Coast. Um, and Adam was in his band, Love is Red. Love is Red, yeah. Yeah. So, I think we had done a tour, like all the guys that I was friends with on the East Coast, um, the With Honor dudes, um, Obviously, I knew Jamie and and the guys from Hatebreed and mm-hmm. and bands like that. But I was in a smaller band on Jamie's label, and I think we what were band on, was it? this band called The Risk Taken, and okay. we we it was like a '90s kind of '90s hardcore knockoff band, like um, One King Down, Earth Crisis, kind of yeah. that kind of style. And we were touring. I, we might have been on tour with, with Honor and did some shows down in Nashville area with Love Is Red. Um, I couldn't really tell you. I think. Adam and I ended up being roommates just by chance, though. Not like, hey, do you need a spot? I need a spot. We weren't even really that good of friends at that time. We were just acquaintances. Need somewhere fr- to live. Yeah. <laughs> so it just ended up working out, and it was just cool. But yeah, I didn't um I didn't start playing with Throwdown until 2004.
1: Was so it Haymaker or before? After.
0: Kind of dur- right during Vendetta. Or Vendetta. Okay. So hey, they had just kind of started blowing up um and their guitar player was leaving he was going to start working for you know a big clothing company or something and um i was just a young kid i was i i we had actually we did a t- my small band drove across to the west coast did a small tour with throwdown up the coast and i just stayed friends with the drummer at the time ben and i just i was like hey man like if you guys need a guitar player i'm not going to college I don't have shit to do. Um, You know, I wasn't trying to be, um, I I was like, I can play your, I can learn your stuff. You know, I wasn't (laughs) even like, it's not that I wasn't a throwdown fan, but we had. But you had a different genre you listened to. Right. Well, on the East Coast, like I grew up like in Minor Threat and and those types of hardcore bands and. Slapshot, stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Boston based, New York. Because we had Boston bands and New York City bands, Mad Ball, Agnostic Front. Blood for Blood. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean,
1: but that's the big difference between, um, I think that's where Donnybrook plays into the uh, hardcore scene on the West Coast where we were kind of like, we loved Throwdown, had a man team, all those bands, but we were. I was really in love with like Buried Alive, Mad Ball. I was just thinking you know about Buried like, Alive. That hard, really hard, like, Different. buried Life had those like diminished chords. They would fucking exactly. Use, that's something different, and I think like that's the school that we liked, and that's what changed us for hardcore on the on the West Coast. It was like we did something different. So it was like Bo, right? You know, um, Dre, they two singers. We didn't have that over here ever, right? That sang like that different, and then Teen and you know, fuck. Did I play drums for six months when I started Donnie Brick? Dude, I didn't even fucking know how to play.
0: But that's what's cool about (laughs) punk and hardcore. Is like not to say you don't have to be super talented. Good enough. You kind of. I mean, and then there are bands that exceed that because everybody's just uh, they're so good. But You you know, I fuck, dude. I loved a lot of metal growing up too. I liked anything that was just good. I'm not like a picky music guy. But as far as punk and hardcore goes, like integrity. Uh, like I like the mix between fast in and that metal sound so like integrity um one king down um yeah i didn't mind solos but i had friends that were just like strictly punk hardcore you know whether it was um like power violent stuff or you know minor threat bad brains that kind of stuff black flag chroma i mean chromags is my all-time that's my all-time favorite (coughs) favorite band and i've you know when I was in my smaller bands, I got a taste of touring with those New York bands. So when I was a kid, I was 18. I toured with Marauder. Um, it was we did a whole U.S. tour. It was us, Hoods, Marauder, and man, I, I you so
1: that's so funny because uh, Caesar from Toxic Bait, yeah, knows Mikey Hood.
0: Oh, crazy! I haven't. They're s- up there? Yeah, they're,
1: you know, like I'm like you know Mikey Hood. He's like yeah, I know Mikey Hood. Yeah, I haven't seen
0: Mikey Hood since I was 18. Yeah. But that tour for me was insane. Like, I met John Joseph on that tour. I got to go to Manitoba's, which was the bar that all those guys hung out with in the city. And meet. you know, this is before John even did his book, The um, Evolution of a Cro-Magnon. Yeah. Which is the best. If you (laughs) haven't listened to it on video, you know, he narrates his whole book. He actually does it. And it's just a great book. It's just a good punk rock, hardcore history Did you like Harley's band? Uh no, not too much, cause I was always I was always a John Joseph see, fan. Since
1: I'm a bass player,
0: I like Harley's band. Right, you I know, mean I could Harley's see me a, playing, yeah, you know, like
1: a big fuck that's right up my
0: alley. Dude. Harley's a, an awesome bass player. Yeah, but I think to the fallout that those two had, I always not that I mm. even cared but i just sided with john just like
1: anything else like you have right. one person you're like more than another But like the age
0: of coral record that was the record dude. you know to me and i'm not saying that anything cromax did after that was bad it was still good but it was just not Do you got
1: your favorite hardcore record hardcore band record
0: Um one of them i think from front to back um as far as that genre of that style of hardcore which is kind of more uh just I, I probably would say that's probably one of my favorite records. Front to back. I would say
1: I, that and Grill Biscuits. Those I mean, are the two like where. And this is my problem. I love bass driven shit. Grill Biscuits has the, for that year, the bass intro, that first song, High Hopes. Yep. You can't get better than that,
0: dude. I mean. It,
1: you know, it's like, that's just fucking so They just good.
0: wrote such good anthem, Fuck, like youth dude. crew hardcore yeah. songs. And I mean, it's cool because a lot of people think of, like, punk hardcore. They they don't – there's so many different styles. And growing up, your your friends are all into different styles. And that's what's funny, too, because I played in Throwdown, which was never my band. I just joined the band. Um, but my influence in, is in hardcore and punk were so different from that band. But at the time, it was cool because I did like Pantera and I did like uh, some of those, you know – some of those metal bands and that's kind of the In the freezer, there's two more beers.
1: I just don't wanna blow up and
0: just Oh yeah, up. yeah, no. That
1: I'm done with mine already, that's why.
0: Yeah, I'm a slow <laughs> I don't really drink too much, you know. Yeah. Just
1: But you know what I'm saying, like the there's shit like when I had Lipke on and I'm like, What were some bands you liked? He's like, Mad ball, like I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You play like Screamo shit, bitch. You know, like Yeah. when he's like, No, that's not what I liked. I like, you know, like playing this instead, which right. you didn't,
0: you don't even know because you're playing in a band because you like those dudes, right. maybe you know what I'm saying? Well, you get into the band you play in become. That's another thing too, which is why after touring for so long, like I, I just didn't even talk about it, didn't really think about it. I, I mean, for multiple reasons, had bitter taste in my mouth about all the touring I did. What um, just turn you off? Yeah, I, I mean, it turned me off just so many times, like. Sometimes the kids at the shows, privileged, just kids, just you know, talking shit or whatever it was, or the guys in my band, and I got nothing bad to say about anybody. It's been so long, and that's just what happens when you're in a band and you're traveling you don't on get the along road. with dude, no. like all the time. But um, also, too, I was just over overplaying some of the stuff. I didn't like. I mean, when I left the band, I was just like, sorry, I just don't want to do this. How many anymore. years did you play? Quite a 2004 to. I don't know, maybe six years. No way, that's
1: a long time.
0: Yeah, I mean, but I didn't, also too, I was so young, I moved across country, I had nothing else going for me. Didn't know any other way of life, except for being on the road touring, and I was, even though I wanted to leave, I was terrified to do it, because what am I going to do? You had a good gig. Yeah, I had a gig that was. I could, at least I had a roof over my head, I could eat food. And then when I go on tour, when I went on tour, it was the same thing. Like I had a place to sleep, and I. But the thing about touring is, I only enjoyed that forty-five minutes we were on stage.
1: (laughs) You don't like being away from home, then?
0: Not anymore. I mean, I, I never did, dude. I hated it. I,
1: to be truthful, like I got my wife pregnant before we went on tour with Donnybrook, and part of me was like, thank God. Like, I, I don't yeah. want to fucking leave home. I hate touring.
0: I mean, if you ask anybody that tours, I mean, unless you're set up flying in a private jet from show to show, making a million dollars a show or whatever, I don't think anybody really truly enjoys tour yeah. after the first year of doing it. When you're a kid, it's fun because you're going to new places. You're doing like that tour. I Were refer- you edge
1: then still or now?
0: I mean, I was, but I never, I don't have a straight edge tattoo. No, no,
1: I'm just asking, like, were you drinking on two or like... No, no, I okay. wasn't partying, partying. Um, but okay. that
0: was, that was, uh, I just never, I never wore that on my sleeve. I never talked about it. I just, I just wasn't. And uh, I mean, the only straight edge tattoo, I guess I could say I have is like a minor threat one. But it's a it she- It's, it, it's the black sheep. It yeah, says out of step a with the world. You
1: can't use that as a straight edge. Tattoo. Right? That's no, like but a, a, sounds stupid. It's like almost like a being different. Right. That's it. I know? was
0: never. That's the problem, though, playing in a straight edge hardcore band, especially if your your outlook on that scene is very um, for yourself, because m- a lot of the people in it were so judgmental towards anybody who wasn't that. And I grew up with tons of different punk dudes, skateboarders. My friends were doing drugs and smoking and drinking. I couldn't, I had no, I I was like, do what you want to do. You're It doesn't matter. I did that for myself. Um, Orange County straight
1: edge was a big deal though. Like it was like,
0: it was, yeah.
1: Whole scene. You know what I'm saying? I remember I had a straight edge jacket. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was like fucking 18. I'm like, what a dork, dude. <laughs> you know, like, I
0: mean, <laughs> it, it's just, uh, I get it. I think it's a cool, it was a cool move. I think any movement's cool yeah. to where like you have so much conviction that you, whether it's being vegetarian, straight edge, I don't know, whatever, anything. I think it's cool to have passion for something. But it it's like anything else. You preach too much about something. Makes you close. Tr- minded, it, yeah. yeah, it just turns me off. So it was like, I did it for myself for reasons did you do it
1: for yourself did you do it for your
0: friends oh dude. did you do it for your family i don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> you don't like that song
1: that's my favorite fucking throwdown song
0: yeah i mean you like kids liked song? it <laughs> i like, didn't write it i fucking hate playing that song <laughs> no no i i liked it because kids get got into it but i mean it'd be funny kids would yell out even older stuff prior to what earlier you know and we would get into arguments like we're not playing that stuff. And then we, <laughs> I would convince Dave to do it. And then those kids that were yelling for those songs wouldn't even know the words to them. So we were just...
1: I remember we covered Box Your Face and Dave sang. Really? This was Donnybrook like fucking long time ago. This is a Halloween show. That's like.
0: surprising. That must have been a long time ago. I don't really... I mean, I talked to Dave maybe uh, a couple months ago for the first time in like 10 years. No way. Yeah. Just said, hey.
1: Did you ever hear the story when we went to uh, Reno? Oh yeah, that's kind of an epic story.
0: You should tell it.
1: You should. I, I don't think anyone's gonna. Uh, I guess I will. Maybe I don't know. Hob, so <clears throat> my my buddy Hob runs a hardcore site, and you guys are probably not. I you might some of might turn this off. I don't give a fuck. This is my thing. Um, we went to Reno. I drove up there with my buddy Quiz, and then came back with my buddy Martini. He plays in a band called Terror. So we went up there. Um, there was a shitload of people. I think it was Bob, Bound in Blood, Bound in Blood, Gabe. I think it was bon- Bound in Blood. I, think. I couldn't uh, tell you. Throwdown, someone else, and us, Donnie Brook. They, from what I remember, they shortchanged us. Um, me and Team just left when this happened. So Throwdown started getting an argument with the the promoters. I think there was like fucking fifty kids outside. And they're ready to beat the fuck out of everyone. There's like a shitload of kids that had like bricks, everything. Were you there? No, I wasn't so at they the had show. bricks. This is what I remember hearing because me and teen left and he wanted to turn around. I'm like, dude, I got to go back home. I'm, I got to fucking be at work. I fucking, my wife's pregnant at home. You know, like I'm fucked. So we're, we're, <laughs> we left. I heard the story secondhand. So this is what I heard is that, uh, there was like 50 kids outside. This is a hardcore straight edge. Reno had, um, the program big straight edge community don't let no one fuck with reno so we came up there they're ready to go crazy and then uh my son's godfather phil which we haven't talked to in a long time who played bass and donnybrook i played drums he uh bring a tech 22 with him and everyone was going crazy and i remember hearing that he pulled out his tech 22 start pointing at dudes and some guy says that shit's fake He's like, "You want to fucking test?" and pointed to the dude's head and everyone fucking scattered. <laughs> Cops came, arrested him, he got a felony charge. It was a it was a big deal in the hardcore story Yeah, I mean that when. time was
0: crazy. Yeah, it was pretty wild. That stuff but, that happened back then.
1: But I mean, it, it, god, that was so long ago, dude. Like you like you said it's like 10, 12, 15 years. 20, ago. 20.
0: Dude, that's a long time. That's a long time.
1: Like I remember 10 years ago I I was fishing hard. and That's when I started getting into yeah. fishing, but So we'll go from the hardcore now to to uh you uh, were here. Adam moves. You get into. You're into fishing already, right? Yeah,
0: I'm into fishing, but I, uh, I get heavily into it. Like I'm fishing. You know, it starts out. Once and you a- didn't
1: know Lipke then, or did you?
0: I knew Lipke from touring, but you. Didn't but know I had fishing. no idea he fished. I didn't yeah. know he fished until I started kayak fishing, in the in the club, in the SoCal Kayak Anglers Club, and we just were like, oh, crazy, you fish, I fish, but I was just every day fishing it started you know just escalating every day just that's all i wanted to do and um
1: no kayak just shore banging all the time
0: it started from the shore still you know like i said i never had much money i just whatever i could do to go fish and then somehow managed to get a kayak started kayak fishing and then it escalated even more into getting more stuff you know more gear all that kind of stuff and then um
1: and yeah. you were in Orange County at that time?
0: No, I was in San Diego.
1: So you moved from Orange County. Were you and Adam moving to San
0: Diego? We were in Huntington. I moved to San Diego. Um, I had lived there for six years, seven years prior to moving out to the Midwest. Okay. But um, so I was fishing, you know, um, what are the lakes down there? There's Hodges, uh, San Vicente, El Capitan. um some other yeah, lakes. they're all hard yeah. lakes to yeah. fish i mean they're good <laughs> lakes but i mean it's tough yeah. just pressured and um i kind of towards the end of it i was ready to just i wanted to move to the midwest and fish more and just you know have more space have more you know stop stressing about paying so much rent and just focus on fishing and you know when
1: you were in between that so like you were you were living down there You got out of hardcore. What did you start doing then?
0: Well, so uh, I was playing shows, playing hardcore shows. And then I kind of transitioned into doing some photo stuff. And somehow I started doing photography full time as a job. Um, And I did that for quite a few years. And once, you know, that was, it was a cool gig. But again, if it took too much away from like, you know, the stuff I wanted to do, I was... I just want, I, I was like, I just want to fish. So I kind of slowly tapered out of photography and started, I was uh, painting motorcycles, painting like custom old, just old Harleys. And, um, I did that for, I don't know, four or five years, kind of roughly, you know, In
1: photography though, you, you, there's some connection here. And I'm going to be bringing this up. You met a couple fishing companies. You
0: met. Oh, dark sea. Yeah. yeah, dark yeah sea, the guys you know at Chris, dark sea, right? Like, yep. I met some, you know, and I'm not much of an ocean fisherman, mm-hmm. um, but I would do shoots for those guys, and which was cool because, and that wasn't really towards the, till the end of doing a lot of photography. Now I, I still do it, but mm-hmm. it's it's just very sparse. Um, but yeah, I met some of those guys, and then I was kind of doing photography and painting bikes at the same time because I was living on my own in a house with no roommates. What I needed to pay my rent so i had to do multiple jobs i was just kind of working for myself i hadn't worked for like a company in-house you know on paper for a long long time (laughs) just making it work yeah you know so um i was painting uh custom bikes you know um for i luckily i had some really talented friends in the motorcycle world that were building really cool stuff um my buddy ari who he's um He's got V choppers. He's out of uh, San Marcos. And he kind of like gave me some opportunities to paint some of his bikes. What
1: did you, uh, what were you, like how did you get into that, the whole painting? Of the I just
0: wanted to paint a door on one of my vans that I had. And then I started messing around. I was like, I'll, I'll paint my bike. And then I had another buddy go, hey, could you paint my bike? But I was just doing sm- friends bikes. So if I fucked it up, it didn't. It was cool. You're just like, learning. You're these just guys like, new hobby. Yeah, Back they weren't it. paying right. any money. They were probably paying for materials. So it was. there was really no stress until Ari was like, hey, you should do my bike for Born Free. And, um, you know, I, it was that stressful. Painting. Did that
1: trigger the whole uh, painting?
0: That Yeah. Did that
1: Born Free, the bike you painted, did that like kind of like, oh, shit, you're something now. People want to come to you? Um,
0: or? I never really advertised too much just because I didn't want the, to me it was still, stra- it was never worth it. The money you get, you know, people put these bikes together. They spend every dollar that they got on this bike. And then the last thing they got to do is paint it. And they then you hit, em, yeah, you hit them with the price and they're like, oh, I'm good, I'll just spray paint it. Yeah. I understand, but I couldn't. Um, and then I, I was just taking jobs out of desperation. Like, okay, I'll paint. I don't even want to paint your bike, but I'll paint it. Um, are you just
1: painting the tanks most of the time or the whole bikes, you know,
0: frame tank fender doing all the body work, you know, and I had, you know, my buddy Pete, um, used to work on, uh, he used to be an auto body, you know, have a little auto body shop. And so he really helped me learn quickly, you know, showing me the ropes, showing me how to, you know, I was lucky to have him because guys would not want to share any information on how to do anything custom. It's one thing to spray one color and be done with it. And you have to figure out how to clear coat something real yeah. nice. Um, but when you get into custom doing different like designs and different patterns and techniques and all the stuff I liked was in the, from the sixties, the seventies, all those techniques, those guys are gone. You, you could read in books a little bit, but I just had to teach myself how to do all that stuff. So it was just a stri- So
1: you were living the whole, like you were painting probably like, as a job, off hours, you're learning. You're just, like, going to school pretty much, just testing shit.
0: Everything I've ever done is just going to school but for yeah. myself. Yeah, So spending money on paint, trying to figure out, you know, fuck one thing up, you know, mess it up 20 times until I get it right, and then, cool, I learned that technique. Let's go to the next one. Um, but when you're painting somebody else's bike, and the way I'm doing it in my garage – you're doing it for a show that yeah. 50,000 people are coming <laughs> to look at the bike. You can't a bug lands in it, you know. So. Multiple times I'd be I call my friend of it. Be, you better come over here. I'm about to pour acetone on this whole thing and start over cuz like I you know, <laughs> something happened, you know. <laughs> I, 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 people people think like this stuff's easy to do. It's just it's not. It's just a lot of work, a lot of learning, you know.
1: That's that's part of the uh I guess, missed art of
0: learning. I think because so,
1: too. you could YouTube. I could, you could do anything and fucking figure it out, like how to record this. Or I mean, I had to learn how to do this right. and edit it. You
0: can get little tips here and there, but it depends on certain <laughs> things. There's certain things that you could YouTube and it will help you, but there's also certain things that it doesn't matter what anyone says. You got to see it. You have you to do it do, yourself. Yeah. And um, unless you have a guy that's sitting there with you showing you exactly what to do. Which is very rare, especially with you know things like painting or bait making. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So.
1: So then uh, you painted for a while. You you moved. You're still painting, right?
0: I uh Here and there. I paint. Yeah, I mean, not <laughs> well, it's motorcycles. A kind of yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So uh, when you moved back east or Midwest, uh, what happened? You got into fucking fishing. You kind of. Well, talked I was. To me and- I
0: was just fishing. When I moved to the Midwest, I I just took six months and just fished every day. And it's different fishing out there, obviously from California, you got, um, lakes and rivers, every direction you go and your lakes have, you know, uh, Creek, you know, creeks and rivers running into them. It's just a different style of fishing, your seasonal patterns in bass fishing. It's similar to California, but California seasons blend together, you know, out where I live it's dead of the winter. The water temps are in the thirties. It's, you, you really have to figure out how to catch fish in the winter. Yeah. And then, you know, when spring comes, it's like you're waiting patiently for that water <laughs> temp to warm up just a couple of degrees. Be a little
1: bit like California, right? Yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, a it's been a learning curve, but it's fun because it's yeah. like true seasonal bass fishing. So I spent a lot of time just fishing everywhere. And, um, yeah, in the midst of all that just was, um, uh, I had already been making baits prior to moving to Missouri. I was making baits in my garage just for, you know, for fun. Just wanted to teach myself how to do what it. What kind of baits were you making, though? Just bigger swim baits. Okay. Um,
1: so you're throwing swim baits back here? Were you throwing them a little bit?
0: A little bit here, yeah. But at the same time, I was just learning. It wasn't anything um, – I wasn't into it like I, okay. I am now as far as the amount of information I have learned from – Spending all that time yeah. in the garage because yeah. I don't know one single person that makes baits. I've never
1: that's the hard part. So hey guys, since we're talking swim baits, I'm gonna talk about the rod I've been using. It's the SMX 82ML. Uh it's a fast action rod. I changed it up. I was using the Ultra Swim Bait Classic. It was a one to two ounce. I'm not sure on the model. It worked really good, but it just didn't work the way I wanted to do with the treble um bait. So anything with the treble but like a D3. Tiny Clashes rod works really good for me. Uh, I hope it works for you guys too. So go check it out at your local tackle shop. And if they don't have it, ask why they don't have Phoenix. Hit them up. Tell them they need to get it. And check them out on PhoenixRods.com and check them on our Instagram at PhoenixRods. Thanks for listening, guys.
0: With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this.
1: So when you were making the baits, like you said, you didn't have anyone to kind of look to and no. you didn't, I mean, YouTube helps a little bit. I mean, you get guys that maybe even when I'm looking, they're not making like a fucking depth or like a fucking toxic. They're no, They're not making no. that. The resin, that, they don't show you how you pour it that way. The baits
0: that you see on YouTube, no offense, mm-hmm. they're cool. I think anybody that makes baits is badass. I don't care if you've never sold a bait yeah. or whatever. It has nothing to do with that, but the amount of information that you find is very the um, compared to the amount of information you would learn if you did it yourself and really cared about what how your bait swims is. It's just the the, the gap between the two is huge. You you can't just go online and, and teach yourself how to make. You could teach yourself how to make a crankbait or maybe a simple you know a jerk yeah just, jerkbait just something bait simple, like that, okay. but is you know i'm a not a perfectionist but i I like to spend a lot of time you like putting out quality product trying yeah exactly just make it as the best as i can to the point where i have like i've exhausted everything into this bait and this is as good as i feel like i can get it you know i've been working on a bait for a year and it's just uh, just a wake bait but it's like people don't people don't understand like you can't be even if someone tells you how to do something it goes back to painting it's like even if someone tells you how to make a bait you have to put the time in in order to do it in order to make it you know swim the way you want it to swim which to me is really important you know because you could put a three-piece bait together and cast it out there it would probably swim all right if you reel it real slow and i think that there's nothing wrong with that but I've been just wanting to make it swim the best You've I can. You've been
1: giving different scenarios of that bait to make sure it swims the way you want it to.
0: Exactly, okay. in, all, in all situations. Now, given the majority of the time you're fishing some of these baits, you're going to fish it uh, one way, you know? But in, That's the hard part. So when people say, like, oh, uh, it turns over, maybe whatever it does, okay? If you reel it fast or yeah, something. Yeah,
1: but someone might not be reeling it fast at all. It might be, like, these two paces, and that's what it's made for. It's not made to reel fast. Some people might go, I want you to be able to hit fast, low, medium, whatever. Right. I mean, it's... it's So it's like you got to think what you're making before that, before you actually make it. Like, right. are you going to make something that's slow.
0: I mean, you could go crazy. I've gone crazy making baits, mm-hmm. like just trying to get it to do different stuff. Like, it, I've never, you know, walked back and forth to the pond so many times in a day. How far is oh, it from your house? Luckily, I have a pond on my property.
1: Is there fish in there?
0: there's a couple small spotted bass in there. I can see they're tiny. They're probably like eight inches. And then there's some bluegill in there. You guys start feeding them. I know. I've thought about putting some fish in there, (laughs) some like bigger ones, but it's just a tiny pond. I don't know how well they would do, but it's crystal clear. So I can test my baits in there, um, which is nice. It's like a 25 foot test tank, but real, but with like logs in it and you could test like how your bait, you know, goes over cover, goes swims next to cover things like that. But, um, yeah, I got heavily into making swim baits and I had nothing to compare to really. Um, Adam let me borrow a couple of baits um, and I was just like, okay, that's, that's all I really had to just compare what to. What was
1: the reasoning behind like you not reaching out to someone? Cause you never know, like I've, for the instance, this podcast, I had to reach out to like a lot of people in the beginning to start it, but I needed someone else's feedback. You might not need it because you could figure it out, but...
0: I think... It's you know not that I didn't need it. I would love to talk to somebody about making baits. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think from my painting experience, trying to talk to people...
1: You don't want to waste your time almost.
0: Yeah. I, honestly, the amount of time you waste calling people, trying to you know get the run around. People won't even tell you the, the truth, which is... F- I, I'm all for it. I get it. People work hard. They figure out how to make a bait or paint a bike and they have a technique that they spent years trying to figure out on their own why would they just go out of their way to tell you but so i understand i understand that aspect i'm not knocking anybody who's not going to share secrets but i'm also the type of person i'll figure it out i'll figure it out whether someone tells me or not and that's obviously what i've had to do because i don't know one person that makes baits i know guys who make baits but I'm not gonna hit them up and be like, "Hey man, how do you make your bait <laughs> swim so good?" It's just not the way I was raised or the w- the way that I do things. It's the way so. you like to
1: do work. The way right. you like to create something. It's like good. an art. Your artist and you doesn't want to ask Picasso, "How the fuck do you paint that?" You right. know what I'm saying? Like no. you're gonna figure it out.
0: And my the way my brain works, I if I'm not doing something with my hands, I'm going crazy. So I whether I was working on bikes, painting bikes painting signs working with glass working with baits as long as i was doing something i'm good i don't care how long it takes me yeah there's frustrating moments ask anybody who makes a bait it's frustrating um sometimes you make a bait and it works perfect the first the first place you know the first places you put weights in it you're like oh got lucky (laughs) but then you make another one and you're like what the fuck (laughs) what is different about this one and it could be you know the pin's not straight or the line ties a little crooked or the bill was put in a little weird.
1: And, and Eric from UFO kind of touches on that. He goes, I could give you everything I do to make the bait. Here you go. You're still not going to put in the, you know, uh, eye screws, whatever, you right. know, and the, and the everything in the way he does it.
0: Right. And, and that's going to tr- cause
1: the swim to not. Swim it's to
0: the swim. truth. I mean, it, it really is. And that's why too, like with bait making, you got to test every bait before after paint all that kind of stuff it's uh if you want to put out something that's works as well as the last one you put out which is time it's that but i think that's what makes swim bait fishing and custom swim bait making so rad is that the time it takes to make one is a lot there's a lot that goes into it i have respect for like i said i have respect for anybody who does it i don't care if i like the bait or don't like the bait i have nothing bad to say about anybody who's having time yeah because do they're something. doing something yeah. cool it's the same with painters like it's just i don't have time to like hate on anything or whatever i think everybody that's doing it
1: but you kind like, of keep to
0: yourself in the same i game. do you don't. you're I, not out there no you're doing what you're doing no one knows i make baits you know i mean <laughs> especially your friends are like yeah hey, like bo's like what is
1: what's mark up to i'm like made this fucking badass baits he's like what yeah, really? I know. I'm like,
0: yeah i mean i'll show a couple people here and there but i just i'm wait until i get it to the point where i really like how it works so um
1: so what's the first bait you made and how long did that take you thinking hours
0: um it was a glide um oh man i couldn't even tell you how i mean every single day for months and months and months and multi- how many
1: hours do you think you're putting in it like in I
0: couldn't even I couldn't even tell you I don't know what's a number that you feel like would. Uh,
1: this is the thing where you like, I feel like you'll do a job and you're set for what after you do a big job you're set for a month, two months you kind of, the way you live like minimalist, honestly. right? You know yeah. what I'm saying? So you like, I know I could do these two jobs I'm set, no kids got to take care of my own shit, I'm set. So you you put that money into your into whatever you got to pay for the two months, right? The rest of the time you're either fishing or working on that bait.
0: Right. right. I mean I for months and months, six months. I don't know, it took me straight six months. I don't know how much time that but is But you weren't working. You're
1: were just working on the
0: bait. I was just working on the bait. It's not and it, it's it's not like it trial was Trial and Error. Right. It's all oh. trial and error. And it wasn't like I had this one bait that was uh, that I carved up and casted it and it that's the one i was trying to figure out i would weight that one every single way and figure out okay no i need to shape this bait different a bait needs you know that those are things that people that don't make baits they don't understand is that just because you're you're making a wake bait and you got a wide bill on it it's gonna wake perfect it's like the head of it needs to be a certain way and there's just a whole science to it, and I just went down the line of like, every, waiting it every single. Did way. you
1: read any books that like kind of helped you? Zero books.
0: I've this is all just picked up a block of wood, carved it. I didn't even know how to carve a bait, but I knew how to use a saw, and I knew how to. You know how to draw. Well, I also knew how to do body work on bikes, okay. which kind of helped. It helped like, it helps a lot too now with like making the bait look real nice. You know after it's casted because that's another thing when I was casting baits I'm like I thought this thing was supposed to look perfect right out of the mold. <laughs> I'm like crap you a body
1: bodywork I- that motherfucker.
0: God <laughs> you got to do so much shit to it I mean, I guess you you do and you don't there are certain guys who make baits where I'm like It's kind of prehistoric looking and I love it because it swims good and catches yeah. fish, you yeah. know But for my stuff. I just just c- coming from that background. I really like to fix little imperfections that you know most guys would overlook probably most people wouldn't even care about i don't know but you just do i just do just because yeah. that's just the i think the way my mind works especially with just making paint jobs perfect or as good as i could yeah. you know for doing it in my garage
1: so the the uh so the, the gl- first uh, glide bait you made how you takes whatever six months yeah you figure it out is it three piece two piece it's a
0: two piece okay. glide bait right. it's a smaller one it's um a real slow sink and... Is this it, to
1: target the fish in your area more?
0: Uh, no, not necessarily. I made it, it's a, it's more of a shad style glide bait. It's on the smaller side to what gizzard shad can get to. Cause we have giant gizzard shad in I where from, I live. Yeah. I mean, 12 to 15 inch gizzard shad, schools of them, big, big schools. But I wanted a bait that I could flip into some cover that, um... You know that style of fishing where like it wasn't super heavy. You could flip it into cover. You could, sw- you know, it would suspend next to cover. Um, you could. How bur- heavier
1: are these baits? Those baits
0: I think dude? that one's roughly between two and three. It's not I bad. Mean, no, no, it's light. It's it, like a tiny clash almost. Like exactly. Like that, yeah. But the swim of it, 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 uh, it just took me a long time to get it to, to swim the way I wanted it to just swim. No nose down, no nose up. Depend, you know, and I'm gonna when I put these baits out, I want to do a video on, like, how I like to fish it, you know? Are
1: you going to do, like, so can you fish it, like, multiple ways? Yeah, you can fish it a bunch of different ways. Yeah.
0: I mean, and that was the point is because there's so many different situations where, you know, you need to be able to fish a bait a certain way to get that fish to bite, whether it's a fish on a bed or it's a fish you can't see and but you know that they're suspended or anything like that. So I just kind of wanted it to make it... Um, and also swim better than, you know, some of the baits that I had thrown prior to that. Things I didn't like about baits, I would try to make my bait, you know. Not saying it's better, but just for me, the way I like to fish, I would do. That's th-
1: another thing we're talking about. Is like, you can't make a bait for everyone. Like no, It's going to be like something close for that application. Or you're going to show a video going, you can fish it these two ways. This is the way I like it. You might be able to figure right. out something else might not work i don't fucking know you right know, and
0: and that's the thing too i mean i could say all day oh i made this bait swim as good as i could for me maybe somebody would throw it and think otherwise that's cool it's it's just for me personally i made it the way i want to swim the way i wanted it to swim yeah. for where for where i live but again it's a glide bait it mimics a bait fish whether i could you could paint it like a trout it would look like a trout you could paint it like a shad it looks like a shad you can yeah. you know paint it like a blueback her- herring it would look like that but um it so that was the first bait and then started working on a wake bait which
1: so that bait's done You that bait's done, done. You're, you're yeah good. i'm cool All with
0: it right. it's weighted the way i like to weight it and i you know finally you know got the tail the way i like the tail and a tail is another thing you know people just make tails and they're <laughs> but no the tail matters the the firmness of the tail the you know the height of the, the tail size, the width, the everything, depth, everything everything matters you know so it took me a while to you know carve the one up that i wanted because like also too with a tail it's like you got to carve it Dead you got to mou- mold yeah. it you got to cast it in certain different rubbers see which ones work better it's a process you can't just make a tail and be like cool this is it especially for a gl- in my opinion a glide bait um and then the wake bait you know i've been working on same thing six months oh this will be an easier one you know i've made tons of wake baits and they work good at at a waking speed but then you want to burn it or you want to do certain things like that and it starts doing weird stuff and you know we've talked about it some baits are just made to go slow yeah Yeah. some baits you can burn some baits you can't
1: you're trying to look for something that's best all around
0: right that's what you if i can yeah the again the best i can make it to, to my standards okay cool you know and if i exhaust myself to the end where i'm like this is as good as i can make it then that's what it is but yeah i've been working on that one um and i just have so much fun painting them because that's
1: a whole nother uh animal for you because it's like i'm probably sure the way you paint it the only person like i've talked about before gsj uh he he's from an automotive background so he does them a little differently and he's the only other guy I seen kind of do eyes like you,
0: right? Yeah, I make I make every like all my eyes because I think eyes are another overlooked part of a bait. Really, I th- I think if you're if you're getting a, a fish that's like stalking your bait or things like that, I think the eyes can make or break. I mean, bass are kind of crazy. They'll kind of you could probably throw out. You know you could throw a block yeah and i mean if they're hungry they'll freaking (laughs) go after it but you know i think for me also i just wanted to make my eyes i didn't want to even have to deal with like looking through someone's page of eyes and getting them and not liking them so i just figured out how to make my own it's more time but i always i never don't have eyes if i need to make them i make them um and then painting them is like they're just painting like mini motorcycle tanks like fish are you doing (laughs) like
1: a whole set at once like
0: uh sometimes and then other times like i'll just work on a paint job i'll write down what i did you're keeping notes then i I mean sometimes you have to you do a paint job and you don't you know mix if you forget how to mix the color that you just, I mean, I mix a lot of colors. Are
1: you doing automotive paint on these? No,
0: actually, I just, I've been messing with, you know, the water-based stuff, which I never, I always sprayed urethane paint when I painted bikes, obviously. Um, It's just, it's way more expensive. It's harder to get um, big kits of different colors, you know, (laughs) and once you get the hang of it, it's cool. I, I don't, I would love to paint with, Solvent-based paints, just because I think it sticks better. I think um, it sprays a lot better, and you kind of have—I don't know—I just know those those chemicals and those paints. But I've been having fun learning the uh, the auto, the whatever it is, uh, createx yes. or yeah, the water-based stuff. Um, they make great paint. It's just a difference. A guy who's never painted before is not going to know the difference really. But for me. It's just. It's also too like. It's so expensive. You go to. You go try to get a, a set of House of Colors airbrush paints. <laughs> you're talking hundreds of dollars over difference in price. In automotive stuff. And you're really. You know that the, the water based Yeah, exactly. The water based stuff is pretty damn good. Yeah. And the guys at Coast Airbrush, where I used to go to get my paint, mm-hmm. they were always going. You should try this water based stuff out. For I just couldn't get. I, it was a whole new set of paint that i'd have to figure out how to like spray the dry times are different things like that but painting baits is so different from painting
1: are you using airbrush or like a
0: just airbrush yeah but i have other guns obviously i kept all my paint guns for- so you
1: use like if you're gonna do base coat you got a big gun you're just gonna fucking-
0: yeah or primer yeah you know it yeah. depends um and i do a- i probably do it differently than a lot of guys i do it differently than i when i was painting custom bikes i just it's 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 plastic. You're painting plastic too. Paint sticks to metal, <laughs> or you could get a not pr- to plastic as well. No, not. I mean, especially something you're throwing <laughs> over and over and over again. That was another learning curve of, okay. Um, Did you have to learn on the clear because it's like how do you? Well, what kind of clear do you want to use? You want to use exactly. epoxy or you want to use automotive clear? What do you like using? I don't. They're both. They both have their ups and downs. Epoxy is good because it's quick. You can just paint it on, but it has it you that can get thick. it on too thick yes yeah. it can it can mess with a bait the way it swims automotive clear you got to be careful with because it's hot it's you know it's brit automotive clear is not really meant to be like slamming it up against rocks and things like that yeah i mean it'll it's pretty durable but they if you do enough research which i've known this from painting bikes you can get some clear that is meant for certain applications to like meaning it take can take abuse
1: did you take uh, some time to look into a clear like to go okay what do i gotta use research I, it, it like a, you said like right you found your own clear you don't have to say what the fuck I'm no no i mean the, but you found one that works good for your bait right and i'm still
0: messing possible. with clears i have you know i have a bunch of clears yeah. and i'll i'll take a bait i pretty much recently this whole year i've only been throwing swim baits if it gets slow i'll carry a jig with me or something and just like try to catch a couple fish because. <laughs> you know but
1: but you're like almost uh, researching your company you That's have your, to. what you're doing you're I fucking mean,
0: fishing you have to i mean i don't know maybe guys don't throw their own baits or something but i i mean i always have multiple baits of mine i'll have different weighted versions of it different uh, like uh, one painted with this clear one with this clear see how long they last if the paint yeah. comes off if it doesn't where does it come off you know where you know just constant trial and error it's a lot
1: yeah i mean especially because you're learning everything on your own so you have no yeah. one to talk to.
0: and i mean i think anybody who listens to this that makes baits gonna go like well duh of course yeah you know like that's <laughs> what you got to do because they do it and they get it and you know and there's some guys that probably don't give a shit about it and they just want to but put,
1: you yeah. don't you, your paint is different like i said the eyes i've, not, I've never seen people use right what you're doing except JSJ. i've seen I mean, you yeah. guys kind of come from the same background, the right. automotive. Um, it's it's like a whole different animal, I think, what you're doing a little bit, you know?
0: I mean, I, I appreciate that. I mean, it's to me, I'm just psyched to make a bait that, you know, <laughs> freaking catches fish. That's the cool – to me, it's so – I'll never get over that. You make a bait, you throw it out there, and just some big bass, just you trick them into biting yeah. it. I mean, you can't beat that feeling and i mean you can't beat the feeling of catching a bass on anything i don't care i fish i don't just fish swim baits i fish you know and that's the thing touching back on the swim baits and stuff and the the brand that i'm going to do or am doing right now it's not to it's not like a swim bait brand it's just it's a fishing brand you know
1: let's talk about your brand a little yeah
0: bit. yeah so it's called bass brains you know it's kind of a nod to the bad brains which is one of my favorite you know punk punk hardcore bands and um it was, it really was just, uh, you know, I was going to post some stuff on Instagram, some fishing sh- shit. I was, figured my friends were just tired of looking at me posting pictures of fish and I was going to sell some baits. And it just kind of escalated into what it's turning into, which is just kind of a fishing brand for, you know, whether it's t-shirts, hats, um, swim baits, you know, that I'm limited amounts of swim baits that I'm going to do. Would
1: you? Are you going to try to move forward like and do like maybe
0: a plastic, I don't know. Oh, like a soft plastic? Yeah, like a soft plastic. Uh, maybe, maybe. like a jig. You know, head. Who knows? Dude? I mean, I'm leaving it open because that's because I like all aspects of fishing. I'm not just, you know, just throwing swim baits. Like, I'm not saying it's definitely not a bait specific brand. It's not. at The, the swim baits, because I like making swim baits. I like swim bait fishing. And I want, that's what I do. I spend my time in the garage doing that. But I also like to do, you know, dr- draw shit. There's a lot of times, too, where I'm looking for, uh something like a gator or something to wear and i'm like i'm tired of wearing ice <laughs> ice camo i'm tired of wearing ice camo gators yeah. or whatever you know so i'm like okay Do you usually
1: wear them a lot when you're fishing
0: just because the sun's so brutal yeah, out there right right yeah. out here i never did and you know i, I
1: shouldn't i don't I'm fucking yeah
0: ocean I'm, yeah you know I, mean? I mean i'm i'm not really too good i'll be fishing just shirtless like just hot (laughs) no shoes on just like in the middle of the summer burning like getting ticks on me and (laughs) like snakes crawling yeah whatever i'm i'm not the spokesman for like how to stay safe in the sun but (laughs) there are times where it's just so hot you kind of if i have it or if i remember to have one on me i'm like all right shit or sometimes honestly the bugs in the midwest those
1: those new bugs are coming back right what bugs something
0: with an cicadas s. yeah dude yeah we have like a 17
1: s- years are coming back they're gonna fucking kill
0: you guys yeah i think there's supposed to be some i haven't seen it yet so but they
1: said i re- i looked at the news i look at it sometimes um they, they, they <laughs> you believe, they, do you believe it i don't know i don't i'm vaccinated So maybe <laughs> i uh they said they burrow in the ground for 17 years and they come back out and this is the time that they burrowed,
0: I guess, or some shit. The cicada is the least of my worries out where I live. Really? There's crazy snakes. Oh, you got snakes. some crazy
1: shit that went into your fucking, what went into oh, you your saw that? black mamba? What the fuck is that, dude?
0: Oh, that, those snakes are <laughs> harmless, but I'm still not trying to have a snake in my shop <laughs> under my, you know, like you're sitting there working on something and all of a sudden you look down and an eight-foot snake's crawling right. over <laughs> you. That one wasn't poisonous, um, but there was, I almost got bit by a rattlesnake the other day. God. Like 12 inches from my face. How? Uh, it was, it's pretty rare. I haven't seen one. This is the first one I've seen out there. I was going to get a can of paint to like, I was doing something on the property, like painting the door or something. Yeah. I needed to get the paint coat off of it. So we have this big, big shop and it's cluttered with stuff. There's always snakes in there, but it's always those like harmless ones. They're like giant rattle, uh giant gardener snakes. Okay. You know, it's nothing, they don't do anything, but I was expecting to see some in there. So I was kind of cautious. I go to pick up the can of paint, and it's right next to a shelf. So when I bend over, I'm head level with this shelf. And in the corner of that shelf, there was just a six-foot timber rattlesnake. And luckily, it rattled bef- and didn't strike at me. But I was my face was 10, f- <laughs> 10 inches from it. And then, uh, yeah. That's so, wild. Pretty wild. I mean, there's just... We have a uh, cotton mouse, water moccasins. Um, have you had
1: water moccasins come up on your uh, kayak?
0: No, I've heard stories, but I've had them swim towards me. Usually just smack your rod on That's the That's what uh,
1: Keith, uh, he, he fishes Florida. Uh-huh. He said, I don't, I don't know what the fuck they had. He's saying something, but they fucking come up on his boat. They
0: get, they get. He says they're
1: scary. Like, yeah. They want to get on your fucking boat.
0: They do because they want to get out of the water. Yes. I see them swimming. You can tell a water moccasin com- like versus a water snake. Because the moccasins, their whole body floats on the water. Oh, shit. So, so the whole body... from head a... to tail, yeah. they're floating on the surface. And you could spot them a, a mile away. You got to give
1: them a whack with the fucking... Like the Simpsons?
0: I, I don't, <laughs> Remember I, the snake-beating... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, I just usually, like, slap the water with the rod or something. I mean, I got one of my swim baits stuck in a tree the other day. I have a video of it. I never put it <laughs> online or anything cause I'm so bad with posting stuff, but I casted my swim bait, went into a tree, like a kind of a low bush and I was two feet from it going to get it. And I'm like, oh shit, there's a snake. And then I look and I'm like, there's another one. And then I, there's like 10 on top of each oh, other. And it was dude. all copperheads, which they're a venomous snake out there. <laughs> and there was like 15 in the tree. Did You leave your bait? No, I got it somehow. How the fuck did you get that out? I let all my line out. Went to the other side Play of it. popping? Yeah, <laughs> I got it to come out, luckily. But dude, um,
1: fuck! I would have broke that off and be like, later.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I was. It was. A, I was testing one out, and I didn't. I just started fishing with it, and didn't want to lose yeah. it. So,
1: so I, what's the goal on releasing everything?
0: Um, it's taken a little longer than than I expected, just because. I'm doing everything myself, you know, all the design stuff, getting the shirts printed, getting the hats. Are, are printed. the shirts printed already? Nope, nope. Uh, they're is get, it in the process yeah. of getting it done. Okay. Oh well, yeah. Okay.
1: No, like they're getting done right now. You're gonna have them.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're getting done right now, and um, so yeah, just the, from the process of trying to get all the shirts made, get the hats made, get the patches made for the hats, you know, because um and teaching myself how to do all this stuff plus making the baits it's been super time consuming way more took way more time than i expected oh yeah dude. um but yeah ho- hopefully real soon here i just wanted every i just didn't want to like launch the company with nothing you know i wanted you because
1: you're trying to make like a whole deal not just like a bait, comp, bait like a swim bait dropping a swim bait you're trying to make like A hat, a shirt.
0: Yeah, yeah. Lifestyle. Kind of everything. everything. And Mm. I mean, not that I just wanted if people were into it, one person or 10 people or 100 people, I don't care if I just wanted somebody to be able to get something if they were into it. So I just, you know, been using the time that has been taking me to make the baits to kind of like, you know, once I get the baits exactly where i want them then i'll probably launch everything so i'm assuming yeah it's
1: cool yeah i I mean it's something totally different and uh the designs that's what i'm really impressed with is like i've seen some stuff and i'm like fuck man
0: oh thanks you got a
1: different idea of what you want
0: yeah i mean i just the stuff i'm into i really like i like the time periods i like when whether it was with bikes um hardcore punk is that you know 60s 70s 80s even fishing it was just a simpler time i like the designs that they did back then um i like the art that they they did back then so i mean some of the inspiration takes from that time period you know 60s 70s 80s um some cartoony kind of style stuff real a lot of it's real simple that's another thing i like i'm not a very i had my friend do a design my buddy phil he's just an um, insane artist mm-hmm. and that's like a big print on one of the shirts but that's pretty much the only shirt is I that have. the
1: one you showed me the cartoon yeah yeah uh, it's a it's a fucking Thanks, shirt.
0: Yeah. yeah i i he's awesome i couldn't do that you know i had to hire you know ask a couple but what's cool is i have all these friends that i always thought were cool artists from doing all the things that i've done and now i get to ask them to create stuff and pay them and mm-hmm. go hey man like i can that's another thing i like with this brand is i get it work with guys that i respect give them money support them and have them do cool artwork and they get to do stuff that they net they've kind of never really done because these guys aren't really into fishing i feel like
1: that's a good thing though because like uh for instance real happy you ever heard of that
0: uh i maybe i have the
1: owner was the owner from lrg okay uh, and they kind of just got into fishing. He liked fishing. He made a brand. Some of the artwork they make is, like, he made us a shirt, the, a bottle violence one. Yeah. Minor threat. I'm like, fuck, dude. He made us another one. Um, You might know Jeff unholier than thou.
0: I'm so bad. It's
1: an old, hard, it's like a hardcore punk band. I played with him with uh, Corey. I played, it was me, Corey, Al Vaz. Corey from Internal Affairs? Yeah. Al Vaz and uh, Face. Okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. So he was a short dude, kind of like a balding Jeff. I'm sorry, I'm not making funny. (laughs) I'm bald too, but he was. You would know who he was. He he was a fucking sick guitar player, but he wrote like a song for them. And I'm like, who wrote that? And we kind of connected that way. He's like Jeff. I'm like, I play with Jeff, but their artists are sick. They make like these uh like punk looking, you know, real designs. You know, cool. I mean, I and love it's cool that. To like, and I like when people maybe aren't as hardcore about fishing, but they are very artistic. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: I mean, it fishing is one of those things where it doesn't matter if you're a beginner or you're like you're almost better off as a beginner. Because I think the so. Am, the I amount think so. of the amount of time you spend trying to figure out fish, especially bass. I mean, but I think that's why I love bass fishing. I couldn't tell you about any other style of fishing. It's the only thing i know i don't know how to catch a catfish And where i live i mean i guess you just what do you put a big hunk of meat on like a hook and throw it out there i guess i do know about catfish you could probably
1: catch a shitload of them that way
0: a lot of the guys where i live that you know they'll go fish for catfish or or crappie you know there's some good bass fishermen in my area but um you know you can learn you could go down the biggest hole you want to with bass fishing and you know still never learn everything
1: yeah no it's the truth but but you figured out some shit, so it's fucking pretty cool. Like, this one bait looks really cool. Thanks, man. Um, do you have a wh- Instagram already? Like you? Yeah, like- so
0: it's Bass Brains Co. Just okay. at Bass, B-A-S-S, B-R-A-I-N-S, Co. And that's the Instagram.
1: be a link to the website, same thing.
0: Yeah, I'll, you know, there'll be a link to the website there. Awesome. And, yeah. And then what
1: is the first bait you're going to drop? just so by the time this is i'm
0: kind of debating doing both okay you know a limited run of both and and uh but f- realistically if i had to pick one probably the glide okay because um, you got dial it dialed just because right. it's d- okay. that one's done the molds the molds yeah. are made and uh you know for for how i like it now but i mean then if, if I have the wake bait done in time, I'd like to do both yeah. just to have the option, you know, and, um, I want everything available when I launch, you know, because cool. not everybody wants to, you know, spend money on a bait. Some guys just want to get a t-shirt or no, something. No, I agree.
1: So, I agree. Well, fucking know. thanks for coming on, Mark. Yeah, dude. Thanks um, for having me. Do they have, do you have a personal Instagram if they want to check you out as a person. It's private? just my name. If you can
0: figure okay. out how to spell my last <laughs> name, Mark Schwenier it's Schwenier C-H-O-I-N-I-E-R-E <laughs> It's private But um, You know If he knows you He'll follow you Or if you have a bass In your picture Or something
1: <laughs> I'll my Thanks again Mark For coming yeah. on I appreciate it buddy And uh, Hopefully we get to fish soon Next I would like that months, you know? Yeah I would like that Alright brother Take care
0: Alright thanks Yo the fuck are you I'm still here And still proud And I still know what it's Hey,